Police, stop! I want you to know that you're an amazing person who values your role in society. You're free to go! Hello, friends. Welcome back. This is Police Morality. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about traffic stops. Now, before we get to the traffic stops, I'd like to uh, uh, just let everybody know the purpose of this podcast. So the purpose of this podcast is, more than anything, education. There's a lot of uh, uh, stigmas and a lot of stereotypes out there about law enforcement. And, uh, you know, most of them are incorrect. There's some out there that are correct. However, I'm a a lifelong law enforcer, and I want to educate people on certain topics as we go down the road. So, uh, in fact, today I've got with me a uh, buddy and co-worker with whom I've worked for, what, about the last 15 years, Brian? Yeah, 15 years. Yeah, this is my buddy Brian, so we're glad to have him uh, here with us today. And uh, just for those that might be thinking, this is not a pro, uh, a dedicated pro-police podcast. This podcast is basically just education, and if an officer, police officer, something like that screws up somewhere, and it's a blatant screw-up, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the screw-up. So uh, today, anyway, I think one of the most basic... Uh, 101 reasons that a person would ever come in contact with the law enforcement officer is going to be what, Brian? A traffic stop. Plain and simple traffic stop, right? Yeah. So that's really what this episode is about. We're going to talk about uh, reasons for traffic stops, what's necessary, you know. Um, we're going to talk about best practices, how uh, what your best chances to get out of a ticket and uh, your best chances to get a ticket or worse. So uh, have you ever done a traffic stop, Brian? Uh, I've done a a few, a time or two, yeah. I've done a time or two. So yeah. Yeah. For, for anyone who might be listening to this, let's just clarify. So right now we work in a larger department. Uh, we've both been detectives for years, and so uh, traffic enforcement's not our current thing right now. However, no. however, in our previous department we worked for, it was a small agency, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, at about, uh, what, 10 p.m., all we had to do was traffic enforcement. On a weekday, yeah, on a weekend, I'd give it till midnight. Midnight, right. Yeah. The, the streets kind of rolled up between midnight and 2 a.m., but right, uh, yeah. lots of traffic enforcement. I mean, would it, it be, would it be fair to say, Brian, over the course of our career, thousands of traffic stops? Oh, easily, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Thousands of traffic stops. Yeah. So, Yeah, and, and just, just to kind of clarify, being in a larger agency doesn't mean that we are above it or don't we just no. there's people dedicated to that's what their job yeah, so, is yeah exactly thank you so our old agency was a smaller agency and everybody who was assigned to patrol was a patrol officer we would handle mm-hmm. the calls that came in we'd handle all the traffic enforcement our right. current agency is large enough that they have their own dedicated traffic enforcement and even the patrol guys if they find a free second here or there which isn't often but they they can handle uh, traffic stops as well so we're not above it at all. The only reason we don't anymore is because we have different assignments that, uh, and I mean, now that we don't have to, you know, and sure, it's not sure. part of the job description, I, we're not we're not racing out there to pull people over, that's for sure. And let's face it, if we, we've also been pulled over oh, absolutely. In, our, in our lives, right? Yeah. Like we're not above being pulled over and we hate it. Like anybody else that's been pulled over, you don't go out every day hoping to get pulled over. No. So when you get pulled over, it's even even for me, 
uh, I get pulled over and you know, I start getting nervous. I start wondering what I did. And, and you're a I'm, cop. Yeah, and how yeah. I'm going to explain why I did. And usually I know what I did. There's been a time or two I was clueless, but usually I know what I've done. Right. And I've always found that interesting. So I've been doing this now for almost 19 years. And in the course of the 19 years, like anyone else over a 19-year spread, I've been pulled over a time or two or eight or nine, whatever. But (laughs) it's interesting. I know exactly what the officer behind me is doing. I know why he's pulling me over. Like you said, usually, however, you still kind of get that little uneasy sensation, like how's this interaction going to go? So police officers aren't even exempt from getting pulled over and having having to deal with these anxieties. Uh, However, we we have a, a benefit of being able to understand the reasons and the uh, procedures and everything else that I think uh, the regular citizen out there may not have a full appreciation of. Sure. So right out of the gates, I want to talk a little bit about reasons for traffic stops. Um, And it's been uh, statistically shown uh, over and over again that uh, aggressive traffic enforcement reduces traffic fatalities. It does. It saves lives. In fact... um Sorry. In fact, it shows, so there's a particular county where we're at that over the course of, I don't know, I think it was like 10 years, had zero fatalities, even though um, the interstate was their main source of uh, transportation or or, uh, thoroughfare, right? And there were zero fatalities in there because they were so heavy on enforcing speed. Right. And because... And and even now, you talk to people that go through that area, they know don't speed because you're going to get pulled over. And it's shown to uh, – it can be correlated with the fatalities and the reduced Absolutely. speed. Absolutely. You know, obviously, it reduces the accidents and therefore reduces fatalities. And really, that's that's the goal with traffic enforcement. I mean, we don't want to end up like a – you know, not knocking the country, but we, you, we've all seen YouTube videos about traffic and intersections in India, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, in all honesty, the only thing that's keeping America from getting to that point is the lack of traffic enforcement. Yeah. And and that's we're not willing to do that. So uh, that's the biggest reason. You know, and I'd be amiss to tell you to tell everybody listening to this that uh, uh, trying to get into things is not a motivation for traffic stops. Okay. Mm -hmm. How many times, Brian, have you pulled a car over with the, uh, you know, in the back of your mind, like, you know, that, that looks like a shady, shady, uh, group of people in there. wonder what they're up to. Let me pull them over, see what I can find out. Sure. That happens. Right. So, but I, one thing I want people to understand is I think a lot of people think that we're seeing the occupants of a vehicle and saying those guys are dirt bags and, and basically profiling them and I'm going to pull them over and find a reason. Now that's not true for a couple of reasons. First reason is we don't, uh, and, and as, you may have an officer somewhere in this nation that, that pulls people over based on a protected class of a reason, right? Sure. The, the oh, race yeah. or whatever, but that guy shouldn't be a cop. Right. Right. So we pull people over based on behavior and, uh, if a car drives in front of me and I see the car is full of, uh, you know, people look like they're up to no good. Well, how do you know it looks like they're up to no good, Ryan? There's a lot of things to take into account. Sure. Uh, Thursday night at uh, 2.45 in the morning. Right. Right. In an area where there's been a whole bunch of residential vehicle burglaries. Sure. And you got a group of, uh, say, um, uh, late teens to early 20s kids driving around in a car that's barely clanking down the road. And they're in a high crime area chances are they're not delivering newspapers. Right, right. So what you know? uh, I, I always said, in fact, I was trained by an officer who at one point was a really good officer, but uh, 
uh, he said something that stuck to me. We were out uh, doing some traffic enforcement about 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, he said, uh, I asked him, I said, why are you hitting this so hard? And he says, well, because there's only two people out at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it's bad guys and cops. That's And, and that's a true. lot, that's really, really kind of true. Obviously, yeah. there's good people out, but sure. most good people are at home sleeping or at work. If they're working nights, they're not just out bouncing around with their buddies. So Right. And they're and they're to and from work too. Don't don't get don't be mistaken. Those of you that listen and are yelling, Hey, I drive home on the road at two or three AM Yeah, we get it. But you're right. also on a main thoroughfare and you haven't been drinking. Right. You're not creeping around with your lights off. Bingo. And you got your business together. So you actually led me right into my point here. So first of all, yeah, if you're driving home from work or some sort of a legitimate function, even if you have people in your car, you don't have anything to worry about. You might get pulled over, but you got nothing to worry about. Uh, But you led me into the point uh, because do we pull people over because we think they're up to no good? No, they've done something. They've done something. Right. I think that's a very common misconception. People think that we pull people over just willy-nilly because we we have the red and blue lights and know that they have to stop. That is absolutely not the case. Right. In fact, you... If if you don't have a reason, it's and even in today's society, more so, if you don't have a reason to pull somebody over and you do end up just stopping them just because that goes to court, you've lost it. Doesn't matter what they've done or what they have, you you aren't winning that battle right. in court. Not not only has the officer lost the case, but the officer has now uh, opened himself to discipline with his his yep. agency. He's opened himself and the agency and the organization for which he works up to open up to lawsuits. You know, and, there's all sorts of things. And their credibility with their own attorneys is gone. Right. Right. So, and, and we, you and I both know and others know those officers that make those things. So when they, those kind of stop. So when they do go to court, the attorneys know those officers and chances are they're not going to push as hard for convictions, right? If there's gonna, any question, right. Well, let's try and make a deal or if it's, too, if it is questionable, flat out, they're just going to dismiss it. Right. You, you lose your credibility. Right. They're just going to dismiss it. So we don't do that. We're not in that business. We don't do it. Uh, and, and I'm talking 99.9% of the officers out there do not do that stuff. So right. I, I have very little tolerance for the people who are out there saying that all cops just pull you over based on the way you look or because they're trying to find something. I know it's not true. You know it's not true. Right. However... I also need to make it clear to people that uh, it is very easy to find a lawful reason to stop a vehicle on the sure. road. Very easy. There is probably, I would say that 30 to 40% of the vehicles that drive on our roadways are actually doing so legally. Would, yeah. Wouldn't you get? Wouldn't you all agree with me that most vehicles out there have some sort of a violation that they can be stopped for right now? Sure. They're they're very simple things that most people don't realize that they shouldn't be doing, and because of that, you know, if you're if you're a good traffic officer and you're looking to make stops and and enforce traffic code and and keep people safe that way, you know all those things. Now there's some that go too far, obviously, but. Um, they're written for a reason, right? Like, and it's so that everybody will follow kind of the same path, stay legal and safe, ultimately. Right. And that's really where it is. So a police officer is a law enforcement officer. Yes. That's our job is to enforce the law. Uh, everything regarding traffic, uh, in, in regarding vehicle equipment and safety, that's all law. 
So if you have a headlight out, even if you have one of those silly marker lights out that you would never know about, we can pull you over. Right. So... Uh, there's a million reasons. So, so exactly that's the case. When I see a car drive by, when there's no r- legitimate reason in my mind why that car should be creeping around the neighborhood, it's going to be pretty easy for me to find a reason to stop them. So let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, probable cause versus reasonable suspicion. Okay. Uh, I just want to make a quick note for all of the young kids that are driving around and you know, I was, I'm guilty of it when I was a kid. You want to make your car look a little bit cooler, oh, yeah. right? You Thanks for going it, there. You want to make it look awesome. So you put on, I don't know, you put in blue headlights or green headlights. You uh, put a dark cover over your plate because it matches the overall tint of your car. Or you put, hell, you, you put tint over your taillights or headlights just to make it look that much better. And I get it, and it looks good. Or you remove the tint altogether and make the taillights and headlights with a clear cover even. Right. It looks cool, but all you're doing is setting yourself up for that cruising around in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Your car stands out because it's got so many traffic violations that, I mean, you're going to get stopped. Right. So don't be surprised when it happens because you changed how your car looks. Right. That is a fact. So uh, when it comes down, everyone throws around probable cause, reasonable reasonable suspicion. I'm just going to talk on this real quick because we don't need to dwell on it. Probable cause only applies when I am going to give you a ticket or arrest you. Probable cause does not apply if, if you're going to be pulled over on a traffic stop. The standard for which an officer needs to achieve in order to make a traffic stop on a vehicle is called reasonable suspicion. Can you uh, let us know, Brian, what are, what what reasonable suspicion means? Um, well, so kind of as you alluded to, probable cause and, and reasonable suspicion. It's reasonable suspicion is anything that somebody reasonable would suspect, right? So... I feel like I'm reasonable, mm-hmm. um, and, and I kind of tie this into, um, like, if I said to you, what's a gangbanger? Mm-hmm. Just average Joe says, and what's a gangbanger? You're a reasonable person. You're going to give me certain descriptors, right? And right. say, well, that's a gangbanger. I know that that's a gangbanger because of my reasonableness. And the it, same goes with traffic stops. Like, any reasonable person should know that driving without headlights you're going to get pulled over. You're going to get stopped. Right. You could be talked to. Um, so it's something that any reasonable person is going to believe is you shouldn't be doing. Right. So uh, a reasonable person, and and by the way, every police officer in every state, uh, the state for for in which they work has deemed that officer by virtue of their uh, position a reasonable, a reasonable person. person. Yeah. Right. So... Uh, uh, now to put this in perspective to people, uh, when you're in trial or a court of law, the legal standard that has to be met in order to, uh, convict a person is beyond a reasonable doubt, right? right? That's pretty hard one to get. That's, that's out there. You got to throw out all the evidence against the person and you have to make your case. And that is a, a very high standard probable cause in order for a police officer to, uh, 
uh, put you in handcuffs, take you to jail, give you a ticket, that's down just a little bit. That means that uh, the the uh, violation for which you're detaining them or giving them a ticket or arresting them probably happened. Right. Right. By from a reasonable person's perspective, that crime probably happened. Right. More likely than not. Uh, more likely than not. Exactly. Now, reasonable suspicion is even below that. Just mm-hmm. like Brian said, reasonable suspicion is that a reasonable person would suspect that whatever action or or situation is going on is contrary to law. Right. right. Very simple. was mm-hmm. all I'm getting at. Very simple to pull a car over. Right. Yeah. If you don't close your door all the way, you know how it has those two latches? One latch yeah. just is a safety latch keeps it from opening, and the other one is shuring it closed, right? Right. If, if you can see that the door is ajar a little bit, very easy for an officer to make a, a safety uh, judgment on that and say that's going to be a violation of the safety law and pull them over. There's a million reasons. Right. And and it goes back to not because we're trying to pick on anybody or trying to find a reason, but it is a safety issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you make that turn too fast and it hits that door just enough and it pops open. You go rolling out or your passenger goes rolling out. Well, guess what? That's on you because you didn't shut your door correctly. Right. And believe it or not, those little stops are, in fact, reducing traffic accidents and therefore reducing fatalities because people drive around and they think, I better put my seatbelt on in case an officer sees me without my seatbelt on. It's those right. little those little thoughts that go through people's minds that make the street safer. Right. Now, I do want to... I mean, we're not saying that we are all... Uh, just simply trying to make the streets safer, right? That is that is a byproduct of traffic enforcement. Sure, Another sure. byproduct of traffic enforcement, police officers like to uh, call this um, amongst themselves a stop and sniff. Sure. Enlighten us, Brian. What is a stop and sniff? Well, like like the name would suggest, anytime you sniff something, you're you're smelling it, right? You want to know you're what that evaluating is. Evaluating it, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm. I walk in the house and I, I sniff a cake. So I'm going to naturally think to myself, there's a cake. I'm going to look for a cake. I stop a car. I'm going to sniff for something. Now, it could be uh, actually sniffing to smell drugs or narcotics, but it could also be a sniff as in, okay, these guys are out at 3 in the morning. I see all sorts of visually. I could see tools that look like burglary tools, mm-hmm. or I see a gun in the back seat. Like, what are they up to? So I'm sniffing, um, hypothetically, I'm sniffing for something more than just them driving around at 2 a.m. Without a with front the headlight. Plate. Right, on. bingo. Right. So, yeah, uh, stop and sniff. That's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing that we say to each other, meaning right. that we're pulling a car over for the reason of the traffic stop, for the not having the headlight or the front license plate, whatever. Sure. Uh, however... We're going to look into some other things. We're going to maybe see, you know, if I'm there and I see a car full of uh, people who are under a certain age, just teenagers, and I see some uh, loose uh, handgun bullets on the floorboard. Guess what? We're going we're gonna to look into that because none of these people in this vehicle should be in possession of a firearm, right? Right. That's a stop and sniff. Uh, that doesn't mean that we stopped them for the purpose of doing it. We stopped them for the violation that they committed. But while we're there, we're going to make sure we everything's good. We sure. see something. We're going to deal with it. So I don't want people to think that we're, you know, doing anything wrong by doing that. That is absolutely a byproduct of good traffic enforcement. Right. And now if you're, if you're cruising down a road, you got a headlight out, which is, which is a really a big one. Um, headlights out. I mean, you see them all the time in the middle of the night, right? right. So you, I, I, I can recall when we were working the road and working traffic enforcement, we saw headlights out 
nonstop. Mm-hmm. We stopped as many of them as we could. The majority, I stopped. I said, hey, your headlight's out. That's why I stopped you. We had this conversation. You get to fix a ticket sometimes. Sometimes you don't. It just, you know, it depends. Um, but then there's that one you stop and... In the center console is an open beer can. Right. You know, and we're not going to just let them go. Right. Deal with that. We have an obligation at that point to take that. It's still a stop and sniff. I stopped. Right. I sniffed out that they have an open container in their vehicle, and so now we're going to address that issue, which right. changes the stop at that point to a different level. But that's the idea behind the stop and sniff. We're stopping them because you got a headlight out, and that right. can be dangerous. Sometimes, sometimes we, uh, I don't want to say win and lose, right, because that could get people upset, but sometimes we our suspicions are confirmed on a stop and sniff, sure. and sometimes they're not. Sometimes right. we just tell the person, hey, you know, you're going a little bit too fast. Have a good day. Uh, be safe. Right, and how many times have you stopped that car full of kids, and they're out? Toilet papering, oh. or they're out doorbell ditching, all or the time. asking someone to a dance or something. Right, stupid and harmless. Silly. Right, yeah. it happens. We right. get it all the time, and so like we do with every other, we say, "Knock it off, go home, and be on your way." Absolutely, not a big deal. We get it. We were teenagers once as sure. well, right? Yeah. So that actually kind of leads me into this next portion of this. Um, I want to talk about uh, best practices regarding traffic stops. Okay. Uh, now this is not a, 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 a podcast in which I, I want to, not that it's any big secret, but I don't really want to get into officer tactics or anything like that. Right. However, I want to, uh, educate people on perhaps best practices that they can employ when they do get pulled over or otherwise come in contact with a police officer, best way for them to be able to mitigate damages, Mm -hmm. like hopefully get out of a ticket is going to be the goal or, uh, the flip side of this, I want to warn people against certain behavior or certain comments that are guaranteed to give you a ticket or get you taken to jail. So you and me, Brian, the reason we're friends, because we have a lot in common. Sure. Uh, we are on, in the, in the, on the scale of police leniency. Mm-hmm. You and I are probably very lenient. I would like. I would say, I I would would say, say so, so too. Yeah. I think we have probably given more warnings to people by far than than citations. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So because I do take to, take to heart the fact that we're just trying to make a difference and not just create you know create revenue and that type of crap. So sure. we'll pull over a vehicle if people have legitimate explanations, legitimate uh, things they're out doing. Nine times. Well, okay, let's be realistic. Six times out of ten, I'm going to send that person away with a verbal warning. Sure. Yep. I've never, I never understood the purpose of a written warning. I never gave a written warning unless it was at the bottom of a citation with legitimate tickets on there, right? Sure. And I find it, because I've actually been given written warnings, and I find it all it is is I don't want to write you a ticket because maybe it's a little petty or maybe you've been really cool with me or whatever, but I still want to inconvenience you yeah. by taking your time yes. and making you wait for this written warning. Or or I want my supervisors to see that I'm not wasting time like they think I am, you right, know, right. something like that. Yeah. Ultimately, me taking the time to write a written warning is an absolute ridiculous idea. I mean, I, people will make the, the argument, well, it's for documentation if it's a written warning and they get pulled over a week from now and see, I, what, I don't care. Yeah, like it builds a habit. Show There's a paper trail of a habit. Bingo. You know what? We all have bad habits. Right. And we all speed or we all forget a blinker from time right. to time. And it, it doesn't matter. It was still, and you're writing it to take some of my, my precious time. Right. And I don't want to, 
base my uh, enforcing the law off of a person's patterns. I want to take each incident by itself. Exactly. Right? Yes. So if you've been pulled over a hundred times for not wearing your seatbelt, I want, I would rather not know about those when I pull you over for not wearing your seatbelt and just deal with that stop by itself. Right. So unfortunately the law here has changed that, uh, for us That's to, true. to a degree, mm-hmm. right? So you have to give a warning the first time and it has to be spelled out, but then Every time after that, you can be... I guess you can be given a ticket, right? You don't have, don't have to be to, given right. a ticket. So there's still the discretion, but but still the whole point that we have to document that you've been warned, I think is kind of silly. Right. Because then it, it goes back to what you're saying. We don't want to build... We don't want to cite somebody off of their habits. We want to cite somebody off of their action in that moment, and that tries to build a habit for them. Right. And I don't like it. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. So uh, Brian talked a little bit about a reasonable person. Uh, you know, we believe that, well, we know uh, as far as legal uh, legalities are concerned, that police officers are considered reasonable people by virtue of their uh, position. Right. Now, among the police officer community, I like to believe, Brian, that you and I are reasonable police officers in our own community. I like uh, to believe that. Yeah, I would like to think we so, are. That's why I think we can speak to some degree of authority regarding best practices on traffic stops. Right. So this doesn't mean if you follow every single rule we lay out there, you're going to get off with a a warning. That's not the case. In fact, people, for me and you, have done everything right as far as their behavior, preparation, everything else. And we've still given them a ticket because the reason we stopped them was such that we couldn't in good conscience just let them on their way. Right. Now, yeah, if you're going 20 miles over the posted speed limit, chances are you're going to get a ticket. You're going to get a ticket. How perfect do you conduct yourself during that traffic stop? You'll get a ticket. However, if you follow all these rules, I guarantee you that 90% of the time, that ticket's not going to be for 20 over. That ticket's going to be for 9 over. Right. Which is the lowest bracket. So we'll still cut you some slack where where we feel like we, with good conscience, can do that. Right. So now let me just tell you my perspective on this, and I want to open it up to Brian, see if his differs at all. When I would pull up on a traffic stop for somebody, whatever the reason, I don't care if this is a, looks like a soccer mom coming back from soccer practice or a car full of thugs, you know, we, we try to approach each stop the same. Right. So if I walk up to a vehicle after a traffic stop, I always give them that little pause, right? I pull them over and I like to give them that little pause. For me, it's while I'm running a quick registration check or waiting for traffic to clear on my side so I can open my door and safely get out, right? But nonetheless, there's a little pause. Now, when I get up to the vehicle, what I would like, and ideally, that officer, or I'm going to be met with the window that's rolled down, an engine that's shut off, and they're going to be holding three things. What three things, Brian, are they going to be holding for me? They should have their license, registration, and insurance. Now, that's changed a little bit. We're a couple of old cockles. You know, people can now show digital information regarding the... They don't even have to show proof of insurance anymore. We can check that on the system. Right. Right. So two to three things I would like them to be holding. Sure. And 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 that's honestly, that's just my preference. That's not going to make or break a case against a person, but that's bonus points. Sure. So they hand me those things. Now I'm going to introduce myself and I'm going to immediately tell them why I'm stopping that car. And then there's a fork in the road at that point. For me personally, the fork in the road, if you choose correctly, you are going to give me an explanation or just simply say, I didn't realize, or I know, you know, something like that. The other side of that is you're going to give me an excuse. I hate excuses. I really have no problem with an explanation, but I hate excuses. Were you the same way, Brian? Yeah, I, I was I was pretty much that way. Um, and I think the more you do it, the more you realize 
the explanations are genuine. Yes. The, the excuses become lavish. And they yes. become like if somebody says to me, if I walk up, and one of the things that I never Okay, I won't say never because I have said it, and I, but I do my best not to say, do you know why I've stopped you? <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up in a minute, yeah. <laughs> because that goes down a path of all sorts of just, it can go <laughs> bad, and it's gone bad <laughs> on me before. But um, when you start just making excuses, I think it, it it's kind of like my kids, right? I say, did you eat that cookie? Well, the thing is, is just tell me yes or no. Right. So if I tell you, this is why I stopped you, if you acknowledge it even if you didn't realize it flat out say i have i'm sorry i didn't know Mm -hmm. give me like talk to me but when you start making the excuses of i gotta go to the bathroom or i gotta go here or this is yeah have someone dying or whatever the case it just tells me that you don't care right so when it comes down to an excuse versus an explanation this is this is my in fact i heard uh uh judge uh sandberg mention this in court and I thought he did a great job. Uh, an excuse is when a person provides a reason that would, uh, remove their, uh, requirement to follow that law. Right. And an explanation is what a person provides us that simply gives us their perspective on why they broke that law. Okay. So the problem with an excuse is when it's on in the matter of a traffic stop, you have an officer there. The excuse is not, does not lie in the hands of the driver. It lies solely in the hands of the officer. So it's up to me, if it's my traffic stop, to determine an excuse for your behavior. Right. All you can do is provide an explanation for your behavior. Correct. Does that make sense? So uh, when I walk up to a car and they tell me, well, I was, ju- I was driving that fast because, uh, you know, I got to get my wife to the hospital. She's sick or something like that, that though, that that's a good explanation. That's also an excuse. That's, that's up to me to determine if that's enough to get off a ticket, by the way, it would be if that ended up being legitimate. Most of the time. Yes. Yes. If it's a legitimate, uh, uh, explanation that I can determine is reason enough to excuse them from having violated that law. I'm going to send them on their way every time, but don't come to me with explanations. Come to me with an excuse. Sure. Or simply say I don't know or I didn't know. That's gonna you're gonna win every time with that. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna talk about the reason for the stop. If you have any excuses, I want to hear them. If you have an explanation, okay. Or I'm sorry. If you have an explanation, I want to hear it. If you have an excuse, let's talk about it. But sure. ultimately, my call. Um, did belligerence ever get a person anywhere with you? No. I, no. I, I, I thought about that. It's, I can't think of a time that's ever gotten somebody somewhere. So um, I have, however, been on a, a traffic enforcement um, uh, duty and where I'm specifically looking for either seatbelts, speed, um, minor like uh, equipment violation things. And mm-hmm. that's, that's my sole purpose. And I've made a stop. And I'm supposed to warn on this, but ticket on this, on on whatever, you know. So it's, I warn on headlights, but I cite on no Mm seatbelt. And I've made those stops, and the people have been belligerent. I said, well, looking for you, I am issuing warnings today on X. Um, So that's why I stopped you. That's what I plan on doing, and I'm going to still let you go. It's nothing to do with their belligerence. In fact, I'm... I think the majority of people, reasonable ones even, 
would say, the more you yell at me, the more I want to give you a ticket. Absolutely. And anybody, cop or not, would be the same way. Right. Because it's like, I get that you're frustrated that you had to be stopped. And maybe you had to be home. Maybe you're running late. Maybe you're having a bad day. I don't know. There's a multitude of things. But why are you screaming and yelling? It's not doing anything for you. In fact, it makes you look like more of an ass. Yeah. And none of your inconvenient circumstances are we to blame for. None of them, right? right? So if you're if you're a jerk and you're becoming belligerent to us i can almost guarantee you it is you're going to talk yourself into a ticket yes almost every time and usually what goes hand in hand in, with somebody acting that way is you'll see me in court yes i would say 90% of the time you never see them never in court never happens yeah so if you're going to also threaten and be belligerent, follow through. Right. Unless you're threatening to kill me or hurt me, then... That's a whole other bucket of worms. <laughs> let's not follow through with that. Let's pump the brakes a yeah, little bit Yeah, that's there. when you'll see me get on my microphone, and then you'll see three other cops show up behind me. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another big one, and I don't know, maybe you were going here, um, is when I've stopped you, you've asked for those things. We've had a, a brief discussion about the whys. And and the explanations or the excuses is just stay put. Yeah, don't don't try and get out. Like, um, and that's yes. that's largely for your safety. Um, yours first because I'm already out of my car, which is dangerous. But I took that risk on myself, right? right? And we know we've done it long enough to know that if there's some cars coming, we're going to wait, right? Right. But if you get out of your car to come and confront me which I find strange because most reasonable people don't just get out of their car on the mm-hmm. side of the road. I'm going to, I'm going to be concerned. Secondly, now you're going to put me a little bit on the defensive. Like what, what, why are you coming out at me? Uh, just stay in your car. It's safe. It's right. safer for you. Um, if you do now, you mentioned something when you started, this was having a car shut off mm-hmm. for me. I don't even necessarily need the car right. off, but I need to see that you've put it into park. Right. And that's easy. And because, you have zero intention of pulling away. Right. And that's easy to see because of the reverse lights. Anytime you put your car from, um, drive to park, the reverse the lights reverse will lights, flash. Yep. Yep. Um, now you have standard transmissions are a little bit different, but you can, take your foot off the brake and it still works for you. Right. Um, but as long as I can tell that you're not going anywhere, then I'm okay with that. If you shut it off, even better. Right. So, and for me, honest, uh, obviously that would not apply in the dead of winter when you need your sure. heater to be running and those types right. of things. So, um, yeah. And when I'm talking about best practices, these things are just for me personally, would, sure. would, would, would adjust my perspective on the situation and, I know that they teach in the academy that we are supposed to have our minds made up as to whether we want to write them a ticket or not as we approach the vehicle. Sure. I fundamentally disagree with that when well, it comes to traffic enforcement, generally speaking. I, I agree. And let me uh, just uh, let me see if I can come up with a scenario to lead. M- my brain's going one way. Let me see if I can match a scenario with it. So say you pull over that person. You walk up and you find out that it's a... Uh, a mom with her kids in the back, right? Mm-hmm. So you stop her over for a, a lane violation. She's cutting over the line. She's back and forth. Maybe it's late and she hasn't turned her headlights on yet or something. And, you, and you've and you made your mind up, I'm going to give her a ticket. Now you walk up there. She's got three screaming kids. They're all buckled in. They're all fine. We got them screaming. They're throwing things. It's making it hell for her. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare inside that car. And you recognize that when you walk up. As soon as you walk up, kids chill out. They relax. They see what's going on. Everything mellows. She gives your her explanation. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I swerved a little because I had to reach over here, whatever. 
ultimately not safe. But chances are, if she's polite, if she explains it well enough, I may let her go on Right. That. Even though before my mind was made up that she's going to get a ticket because she can't drive and she can't drive with the headlights on. Well, there's sometimes there's other factors, right? Right. And hopefully that's a good analogy or a good explanation of it. But you, I think if you went in with that mentality, and there's officers that do this, don't get me wrong. They make up their mind you're going to get to You're done. There's what. nothing you can do about it. Right. But at least I think you and I being reasonable like we are, I think that that... That doesn't need to be the case. Yeah. That's you not, should be able to, to bend your mind a little bit. I agree. So, the, so the, the officers that do that, that make up their minds and stick with it, I mean, that's what they teach at the academy, right? There's, that's not a disservice to society that they do that. It's maybe a little disservice to the individual that they do that with, sure. but it's not a, dis, a disservice to society. So I, it's hard to knock them. However, uh, I'm not pulling over society. I'm pulling over the individual. Right. 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 And so... Uh, there's there's that to keep in mind. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, because this is big for uh, traffic stops. People always talk about police officers profiling. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to get out there, I want to make very, pl- very clear and plain, is that police officers do, in fact, profile. Sure. We profile without question. But what is it, Brian, that we profile? Yeah, pretty much everything we've been saying from right out the <laughs> yeah. gate. But what? Like, so let so all, everything we've talked about is you can boil down to one thing. You boil it down to behavior, right? Right. So we're, we're profiling profiling your behavior, right? So we profile behavior. Now everyone's like, uh, everyone says, "Well, police profile based on race." Guess what? Uh, when we're talking race, ethnicity. Age, disability, sexual preference, uh, all those things are protected classes, right? right? We cannot profile on that. Right. And I'm not even here to say that, that police officers don't have their own personal uh, prejudices. We all do. Sure. But uh, if one of my personal prejudices is one of those protected categories, guess what? I can't let that bleed into my position. I'm not right. going to pull you over because you are a minority or because I perceive you as uh, being an old person and I'm prejudiced against old people or something like that. We can't do it. We don't do it. Right. We profile behavior. Now, if you drive by and you're, and you're swerving in your lane, that's behavior we're going to pull you over. Right. If you drive by and uh, we see a, a car full of thugs, we're not going to pull you over because we think you're a car full of thugs. We're going to pull you over for that brake light that you have out. Right. And then on that traffic stop, we may determine you're a car full of thugs with drugs in the car, something like that. Sure. We're going to deal with that. It could be, it could be even... Um, uh, yeah, just to clarify, when we first, well, when I first was working and when uh, you and I first hooked up in this career together, we worked in an Thank area. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we worked in an area that had a lot of cowboys. Yes. Right? Now, when if I said to somebody, let's just say, I said to them, Hick, what do you think of somebody that drinks on the weekends, mm-hmm. wears cowboy boots. Can't pronounce a word correctly. Right, and drives a jacked-up pickup truck. Jacked-up pickup Probably truck. moved the exhaust to the back of the bed like okay. a moron. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, if if I go off of that description, then in my mind, everybody that I consider a cowboy or a hick, in this case, a drunk. Mm-hmm. I can't pull you over because that's what... now. Even if you have Budweiser as a sticker on your back window, you got Natty Light along the, the bed of your truck, and everything else doesn't matter. Now, if you're driving 20 over uh, the speed limit, and I stop you, and you happen to look like that, and you were drunk, I'm going to deal with it accordingly. Right. 
But if you're driving 20 over, you look like that and everything's fine. You're just in a hurry. We'll deal with that. Right. But if you're obeying everything else and you look like that and you drive by, you look like that. Absolutely. That's if, it. If I make a traffic stop because I'm I'm uh, prejudiced towards Hicks and I know they're always drunk, right. I see a Hick drive by in the vehicle that you just described. I pull them over because of that and it turns out they are drunk. I take them to jail, whole nine yards. Now, when my chief, the prosecutors, or whoever it may be, review my body camera and review mm-hmm. my report in which I say, hey, in my training and experience, every hick I've ever seen is drunk. That's why I stopped yeah. them. Guess what? You and I are going to be pushing a pencil at the desk answering phone calls, and yeah. we're going to be we're going to have some problems. It just yeah, doesn't happen. There's going to be some discipline behind that. You're going to lose that case. You're going to lose, well, I guess more than the case. Sure. You're going to lose a lot of credibility, and um, it's Whatever you or I do and it's a negative thing is a negative thing for all law enforcement. All law enforcement everywhere. So we have to be conscious of that as well. Yes. So, Brian, I want to thank you for coming in uh, and being a guest on this. I'm going to be pulling. In fact, this is probably not going to be the last time you hear from Brian. Um, uh, We're going to be talking a lot about these types of things. I'm hoping to educate people. I'm hoping to uh, answer a lot of questions regarding law enforcement that people might have and that might be out there. So this one in particular is on uh, traffic stops. And we're going to go into more topics, more detail. Uh, So keep listening. This is uh, Police Morality. Thank you, Brian, for being here. Anytime. I'm here. And uh, let's talk to you guys next time. Have a great day. Goodbye.